Inherently Happy, episode 112. Happy Tears. Yowza haha, my happy friends. Tears can be an indicator that you're heading towards balance and growth, towards finding the happy within. You can overdo it, of course, like with anything, crying uncontrollably long past the point of needing to. But when they, tears, indicate a release of frustration and pain, or just a spilling over of joy, then they can both be called happy tears because they are helping you be happy. When I think of my dad, who scared me with his yelling when I was a kid, but who mellowed until by the time I was in high school and my siblings were off to college, I felt like I met my dad for the first time. We had one TV, and we were both TV junkies, it turns out. He liked golf, so if I wanted to watch TV, I sometimes had to watch golf. He yelled at the TV just as if it were a stadium sport and not a country club pastime. Luckily, however, he liked comedy and sci-fi, too. We watched movies and TV together, we played cards and board games together, shared books, solved riddles, and giggled over dirty jokes together. And whenever we got hungry, he'd whip us up something delicious, and we'd eat in front of the TV. It was like having a pal who was also the chef and the king of the castle. We, I mean, we still had to make sure not to spill, or the queen would revoke eating in the TV room privileges and make us clean it up. (laughs) We both loved her, of course. She's super kind and generous, and as Dad put it, completely without guile, meaning she's honest and has no hidden motives, which is exceedingly rare, evidently. Dad had survived several health scares of the tumor variety, but that last one snuck up on him and did him in. I knew right away I would miss him an almost unsurvivable amount at first. But I also knew it would taper down to a manageable level eventually. Having a parent you get along with is one thing. And being lucky enough to call someone, anyone, a best friend and who returns it is also great. But to have them both together in your dad, who you used to not get along with, is most and both precious and empowering. When we watched family sitcoms together and there came a schmaltzy moment of sappy sentiment, I would always turn to him and say, and I love you, dad, because I knew it would embarrass him. And if I tried to go over and hug him where he sat to ramp it up a little, he would giggle and hunch his shoulders like I was tickling his neck or something. (laughs) It was adorable to see on this pot-bellied guy with thinning salt and pepper hair. This was the same guy who used to scare me with his temper so much that I became a bedwetting pyromaniac. (laughs) He'd make me feel stupid and alone with his insults. And here I was. Barely old enough to drive, 40 years his junior, and I was the more emotionally confident between the two of us. We could talk about anything, Dad and me. Well, except about why he followed his chosen faith. 
That was the one topic he refused to discuss. He got shy and evasive about it. I don't talk, I don't want to talk about, I don't talk about that. Like he was long trained to not engage on the subject. He was an only child and his parents were a bit stern, I think. Understatement. I had stopped going to church in junior high when my parents let me in on a little something once I turned 13. I should have said, I had stopped going to church in junior high when my parents let me in on a little something once I turned 13. I could finally partake in the communion wine, hell yeah, and I could finally choose my own level of involvement in regards to the sermons, meaning I didn't have to go to church anymore if I didn't want to? Forever? They said yes, because they felt that once you reached adulthood, which was 13 to them based on some old rule, then you can decide, I don't want to go to church anymore. I blurted out. Something I had been feeling and never thought to actually admit. But they stammered. Your older sister and brother were given the same choice and they still go, you said that if I didn't want to go anymore, that I did not have to go, right? Am I right? And so I didn't, though they were not pleased. But I didn't care, because I alone got to sleep in on Sunday mornings without being shouted awake by Dad. I didn't have to be bored into a consciousness by some announcer giving us a lecture on how to be goody two-shoeses. Two-shoes, I? Two-shoes. Thing was... Back then, I was just emerging from my own dark ages, from 8 to age 13, from when I lost the golden shine from my hair and the golden glow from my life and became a sad, bitter, gray shadow of my former self. Even as recently as the previous year, at the peak of my nadir, the most lowest point, I'd been the target of not one or two bullies, but of my entire class, hell-bent on excluding and humiliating me en masse. Where was my family's God when I needed it? I had been golden, a favored nation, a miracle child, and then I was poison, a third-world underdeveloped monster. And the first good thing to happen to me was that I was finally given a choice over something in my life. I had believed their faith origin story for years. It was just a thing you took for granted. But I did always wonder why it happened when it did. Like, why then and not at any other time in history? Like, why not now? When I could really use a supernatural friend. Where are you now? I often wondered. Often wondered, wondered, wondered. And why did my then very angry and scary father, before he retired and became my pal and my dad, get to be so loud and so mean and just automatically be forgiven every week? Because what, he bent down and did the cross on his fucking... What? If bullies just get to go free without apologizing or even stopping their bullying then all you can keep your goddamn afterlife rewards booklet to your goddamn selves. I'm out. 
I had checked out long before they gave me the glorious option not to attend. That's why I didn't even let them get the whole sentence out before I alerted them to the fact that I would no longer be attending or requiring their services and that they could go with God if that's what they wish to do, but I would be sleeping in. Thank you. They argued and tried to convince me that it was a family and community obligation, even outside of the because God judges you argument. But they said I had the choice and apparently free will is a buzzword to them. Although they tried very hard to bend my will to theirs, I didn't fail to notice, and so I held fast, letting them know that I respected their own choices on the matter of faith so much that I would never disrespect them by showing up to church when I didn't believe any of it. How much of a hypocrite would I be? It would be an insult to all the other true believers. I wouldn't do that to you or to your community. Still... They never stopped trying to get me back into the fold, insisting at the very least that I attend the high holiday mass with them once a year, which was the worst one of them all, for it was a midnight mass that stretched halfway to dawn. If you thought the normal ones on Sunday mornings put me to sleep, imagine twice as long and in the middle of the night, dressed up. I fully understood their concept of eternal damnation at that point. The following year, I popped out of the house for just a little bit at around 10 p.m. And unfortunately, didn't make it back in time to go to the Midnight Inquisition, I mean Mass. Ah, gutting. They were not pleased. So much for forgiveness, which is another buzzword for them. My curfew the following year was 9 p.m., so I popped out at 8. My escapes got progressively earlier, year after year, until they eventually gave up as otherwise they would have to actually ground me if they really wanted to prove that I had free will. Despite all that, faith still fascinates me, but not just theirs, metaphysical beliefs in all their philosophical forms. I'm just trying to find the common thread that unites them all. And that's us, of course, humanity. And the way humanity functions best is when it has equilibrium and progress. The ocean levels being stable, and yet the waves and currents still roll and stream along, balance and growth, happy. The inner regulator that we all share and sometimes need to reconnect with, because we clench a lot, and that can stress and frustrate us. But we don't want to turn to jelly either, or we'll completely collapse. We need balance, and we need growth. We need to be empowered to be able to progress we need a stable playing field, an emotional state to do that on and with. And from there, we can make self-determined, self-aware choices. And when that happens, when you connect with your own natural sense of balance and growth, your own inner happy, then you can finally release the guilt, the fear, the anger, the sadness, and everything in a transformative shower of happy tears. But it's like clearing the RAM on your computer or blowing your nose. Sure, things will be better, but only until life and fear and stress and anger clog it all up once again. I don't want to sit in a cave and contemplate the world. I want to be in the world. And guess what? The world is messy and makes me messy. Makes us messy. So if I could just 
have a series of quick reminders to think about as I go about my day, then that would be great. Thanks. I got you, buddy. I have to remind myself to be happy, just like you, and so I do. As this is example 112 of, and I revisit the earlier ones because I forget what I said. I forget things, or else I'd be ever mindful and ever forgiving and balanced and growing to the utmost degree, but I'm just trying to be happy, to remember what it's like to be emotionally healthy and to cope with life on the balls of my feet and not lying down. Every time I get stressed or angry or feel vengeful, I forget all about balance and growth and being happy, and I daydream of what humiliations I could visit upon the bullies of this world if only I had the resources. And then maybe I'll try to deal with that stress by watching some comedy, reading some horror, listening to some music, drawing, writing, talking to friends, exercising, anything to release the pain and reconnect with my natural human tendency towards balance and growth. To reconnect with my personal and collective happy. And so now I see the value of a weekly lecture on the good life, the happy life, and perhaps a place to share it and people to share it with, to empower us to make wise choices. Which ones are the wise ones? Those which afford the most balance and growth. Why, the happy ones, of course. Ha ha, yowza.